Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the EFB podcast. This is your boy, Elliot from Boston, and I'm in a secret location, chilling right now with two friends of mine. You know, we, we talked about a mystery guest. You know you got Dan the Man on, on the EFP poc- EFB podcast, Dan Lifshatz. Dan, how you doing? I'm good, Elliot. How about you? Good, good. And then uh, got the man of the hour, mystery guest. We confirmed it about a few minutes ago. You know, we, we, we threw a bag at him. You know, we got him. He signed the contract. He's here. It's the man, Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy, how you doing? Elliot, you brought me Honey Jack and, uh, you know, we'll add some ginger ale to that and we'll drink all night. And, that, that's how you buy guests. Uh, I mean, just bring me booze. I'm in. And an undisclosed uh, dollar amount in a, in a brown bag. Don't get it twisted. We come, we pay. But uh, it's the EFB podcast, man. We're here live, direct, talking Celtics. Nothing but Celtics. NBA, draft, whatever you want to get into, man, we're doing it. And um, I'm really excited, man. First of all, I just want to thank you guys for, uh, for taking the time to, to, to talk, a little, you know, talk a little trash with me here on, on this podcast. You know, and I'm excited to be here. You're my favorite caller from uh, Celtics at 7. Rest in peace, Adam Kaufman, wherever you are. Um, I'm dearly departed. I'm so sorry that you've been lost in the, in the world of AM radio. So we'll do this. Uh, we'll do uh, not Celtics at 7. This is Celtics By the at way, I hope you actually get a story this time instead of being lied to like last year. Celtics at 7.30 p.m. This is what we're doing. Celtics at 7.30 p.m. with Dan, Dan Lifshatz and Jimmy Stewart of 98.5 The Sports. Dan, Home. was that too harsh? Was that too harsh? I played the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> the Honey Jack fifth. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he's still... Li- eh, never mind. Go ahead, Elliot. I'm sorry. Yeah, pretty much Jimmy just spraying all over the place. So that's what we're doing, man. If that's any indication how this podcast is going to go, man, I'm really excited. (laughs) That's the sound of the honey jack. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's going to be a long show, isn't it? (laughs) I was targeting 50 minutes. I think we're probably going to go 90 now. But, but, you know, it is what it is, man. It's going to be a fun time. So, um you know, as we know, the, the Golden State Warriors absolutely, you know, demolished the, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, LeBron James tapped out game four. Uh, game one was one of the biggest blunders in NBA Finals history. Uh, one that we're going to rem- remember for a long time. J.R. Smith said he knew the score of the game. He obviously didn't know the score of the game. He said himself on the court, I thought we were ahead. Um, and that, you know, is, is really the catalyst to uh, the, the LeBron James free agency sweepstakes. Now, we think it's a sweepstakes. We think it's going to be um, a few teams involved. Earlier in the year, uh, we thought it was Philly. You know, we thought it was Houston as as the lead uh, front runners. Uh, L.A. always was, you know, played a role in it. But um, as of late, you know, we seem to think that uh, the Lakers... Breaking, breaking, breaking. Uh, Adam Kaufman doesn't believe the Celtics will be picking at 27. Okay, continue. Where, where are we going to be picking? In two seconds? 55. 55. We're going to take each one more. I'll stop. I'll behave now. I promise. I'll behave. I won't be, I won't be that jerky to anybody. Uh. So we're not taking Grayson Allen as our ninth guy? No, but that would be great for the talk show. I li- oh, I would love that for the talk show. Grayson Allen, such a weasel. Yeah, can you imagine? Can you imagine Jimmy being like, "Yeah, Felga, I really love that Grayson now. He's tripping people and kicking balls. He's the new Draymond Green." <laughs> can we get Grayson Allen and Draymond Green on the same team? Can like one of them trip the other into the kick to the to the? <laughs> That's gonna be their finishing move. The, the yeah. kick to the groin. Yeah, the kick to the groin. Finish him. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, you know, back to LeBron. You know, we uh, we, we thought it was going to be uh, Houston. We thought it was going to be Philly. I don't think anyone ever took Cleveland really serious unless they brought in superstar talent to Cleveland. Um, doesn't seem likely they'll do so. Uh, but now we've kind of honed in on the Lakers. Um you know, and, and from from reports that have been out there, it's been more of a lifestyle decision for LeBron, especially for a son who who trains, in, you know, in the off season of school, so to speak, in LA uh, in AAU's uh, circuit. This would give him the opportunity to train there full time. You know, given that LeBron has dreams of one day playing with his oldest son. Um, as far as as far as you guys go, uh, is it essentially a done deal? Are they printing number six jerseys in LA right now? Well, I mean, as far as I know, it, I, it's a done deal. I mean, so for the longest time, I really thought it was going to be between Houston and Philly. And basically what I had been led to believe for a long time was that LeBron cared about one thing, lifestyle. Yeah. It wasn't about winning championships anymore. It was about lifestyle. And Philly, you could, you know, he could basically play the way he wanted, be with Ben Simmons, who's basically his little brother at this point, as we've now heard a million freaking times. And it, I mean, it is true they're they are real close. Or you could go to you know go to Houston, have Chris Paul, James Harden probably ends up getting dealt in that scenario. In which case, you know, it's LeBron's team. He kind of dominates it. And what people don't really understand about Houston, I think, is kind of like a sneaky proponent of that place. They're probably the largest NBA market in the world because mm. they're they had Yao Ming. And basically, they are now China's adopted team. So at this point, you're looking at the largest potential NBA market in the world. And again, LeBron is all about his lifestyle, his market, his bottom line, the number one. I don't really think he cares about winning championships anymore at this point. I mean, he has three. He's three and six. It is what it is. Anyways, you know, at this point, um, it's a done deal with the Lakers. For whatever reason, and I don't have a, I don't have a good one to tell you why he didn't want to go to Houston or Philly. I mean, you know, we've heard oh he doesn't like the city Houston. Oh, you know, Philly isn't good enough for him. The real the real I you know the real thing to me I think is that you know the Lakers offered him a minority ownership stake. Okay, and basically that was pretty much a big deal. If he retires a Laker, he gets a minority ownership stake in the team. He gets you know, basically to do Space Jam 2 and all the other movies he wants to do. And then, you know, he, you know, his family is comfortable out there. He has a nice lifestyle, the nice cushy lifestyle. He gets to go to all the L.A. parties. You know, I, I just, I don't know if he's going to care about winning as much anymore. He gets to play in front of all, you know, all the celebrities. That's what he wants. And, he, you know, they, they advertise him as the next big Laker, you know, the next great Laker. And we're, and, we're already starting to see the, the, the trickles of, if LeBron comes to LA, Lonzo Ball's gone, you know, and, and, you know, at the beginning of the year, uh, you know, LeVar Ball was, uh, was vocal as to uh, LeBron coming to LA. Uh, he, he mentioned some things about LeBron's kids and LeBron shot back and said, you know, he shouldn't be talking about my children, this and that. Um, but what is the market for Lonzo if, if LeBron ends up coming to LA? Cause at the, I mean, when you put LeBron and Lonzo on the same court, Lonzo essentially gets the ball taken out of his hand. He's not a good enough shooter to be a spot-up shooter. Um, so what do you get for Lonzo now? So that that's the thing, Elliot, is that LeBron James and Lonzo Ball can't play together. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're going to look for an NBA team that's dumb, that needs a player that they can market for at least the length of his contract. And what will happen with Lonzo Ball is whatever team he goes to, whether it's the Cavaliers, whether it's um, the Orlando Magic, 
you're going to get an empty triple-double every night. Mm -hmm. If that, if this kid ever learns how to shoot. But LeBron doesn't want him there because it interferes with LeBron's marketing. Yeah. To, to Dundeal Dan's point, the big baller brand and LeBron James brand, they, they are not going to work together. Mm -hmm. So he's got to go. Um, and as far as LeBron, LeBron should have picked Houston. For the business aspect of it, he can make the most money there because Texas is a tax-free state. Mm -hmm. And in California, you were going to get taxed out the you-know-what. Yep. And it would have just been an easier thing for him to go to Houston. Chris Paul is in place. They can clear some money. They can move on from James Harden. And it's LeBron, Chris Paul, and shooters because that's what LeBron needs. LeBron James needs shooters around him. And now, with him going to the Lakers, they have to find shooters who are going to fit in, and this will get to Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and all that stuff. You know, whether they go to the Lakers or not proves whether LeBron James actually wants to win or whether he just wants to go and make as much money as he can and set up his kids for life and have a f happy family life. Now, why did why did Stephen A. drop Boston as a destination or um, a... a because he was bored? Because <laughs> he wanted to make headlines in Boston? Uh, it seems like Stephen A. likes to be liked in Boston. Well, I mean, honestly, here's the real thing. Uh, honestly, at the end of the day, as Jimmy kind of alluded to, you know, they, so first of all, let me go back to the Lonzo Ball thing because I think, I think there's one important thing that we're going to end up finding out about the Lonzo Ball thing is that I basically was asked or someone basically told me, um, you know, because I, I, I want—I was inquiring wines, wanted to know when the whole Kawhi Leonard thing had been going on, and we—I've been talking about this for months, and that was one of the first things I asked. Is like, well, what if the Lakers were to give up Ball and more? And I was basically told that Popovich would retire on the spot if they mm. traded for Lonzo Ball. So all of the yeah. fans who are like, "Oh, well, the Spurs could get Lonzo Ball for Kawhi," I mean, that's that's why you're not going to see that happening because yeah. Popovich doesn't want to deal with him. Yeah. Um, in regards, deal with him or Lavar. Both. It just doesn't. I mean, they're both a pain. They're both a pain in the ass. I mean, Lonzo gets this media-free kind of escape because his father is such an ass. But he's he's just as so much of a dink as his father is, mm. just in other ways. You saw like the you know the rap with you know about Kyle Kuzma and everything. Yeah, yeah, Same yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're just having fun. Their kids. I get it. Like, I'm, and I'm cool with that. But like, if you're a professional NBA team, you don't want to be putting up with that shit. That's yeah. that's the honest to god truth. Um, now, when it comes to Boston. I don't really have a good answer for you. My honest, my my best guess, because LeBron isn't coming here. There's a 0% chance of it happening. You know, no one, no one I've even spoken to has even considered Boston on the list. My guess is he just wants to piss off Kyrie yeah. because him and Kyrie ultimately don't like each other. Yeah. That's really what it is. I mean, they really, they just, they don't like each other at all. And ultimately, if LeBron can go out of his way to piss off Kyrie a little bit, why not? Because LeBron is, again, about LeBron. So if he can, you know, market his way to being, oh, you know, you know, I met with the Boston Celtics and whatever, and all of a sudden, you know, people start talking about that. Well, that, that pisses off Kyrie Irving quite a bit. And, you know, it clearly did. Uh, I know that there's a lot of people in this town who think that that's kind of one of the reasons that Kyrie Irving won't commit, you know, ipso facto in the media, which I don't agree with. But the fact is that, you know, I, there's really no other reason other than the fact that 
LeBron just wants to piss off Kyrie Irving, and I think that he probably did a pretty damn good job and made sure that Stephen A. Smith listed the Celtics for a reason. And, you know, I... <clears throat> Go ahead, Jimmy. But I just want to jump in. Like, if if you're the Celtics, though, like, and you're worried that Kyrie is the star, wouldn't you just say, no, you know what, LeBron, we're good. Yeah. We're not going to take a meeting with you because we're all set here. And And I understand why they would because... Other NBA players would be like, oh, wow, the Celtics got a meeting with LeBron James. Like, that's a good thing. But what are you building? Are you building a team or are you just looking for the publicity? And I think there's a little bit of both going on right yeah. now. So they're, I think they're kind of walking a little fine line. But if you're asking for a prediction, I think the, the contract extension for Kyrie Irving is on Wick's desk. It's in the top, top of the top of the desk. And you'll get five years and whatever the max number is, 30% of the cap or whatever it will be. I think it's July 7th is when they can actually like actually sign it and submit it to the NBA. Now, um, it's, you know, I, I thought it was fun, you know, when, when Boston got listed because I, I don't think it's a bad thing when you have the best player in the NBA linked to your team for whatever reason, you know, even if it's, a, it's strategic to, you know, piss off Kyrie, um, but, you know, talking about Kyrie, you talk about the extension. Um, you know, right now, if he were to sign an extension, uh, it could be a four-year, $108 million extension. If he were to leave next year and go to another team, he could sign a four-year uh, deal for $139 million. If he re-signs with the Celtics in 2019, he could sign for five years, $188 million. Um, I could see why he doesn't want to re-sign at this moment. Uh, you know, with the $80 million lapse. Um, but also, the, the thing I don't get, if it's, if Kyrie's about top dollar, he's leaving a $49 million on the table by not resigning with Boston. Um, you're saying it's, it's essentially a done deal. He's here for the future. Because for me, when um, when we made the deal with the Nets pick, it was reported you know, it's an understanding that Kyrie's going to be here for the long term. That's why the Celtics were infatuated with getting Kyrie, and that's why Cleveland was infatuated working with Boston, even though it was in the conference, because we were willing to give up the Nets pick, which they secured in case LeBron left. Well, Cleveland wanted that pick, but they also thought Isaiah Thomas was a good player, <laughs> which is which is their their dumb talent evaluation. Um, but keep in mind, too, is you had the David Griffin report about the coaching matters yep. to Kyrie Irving. Yep. It was Popovich or it was Stevens. Yep. And that's why, like, if you're looking at a Kyrie trade, you're looking at San Antonio, and that's why that's where we get all the Ka- Ka- Kawhi Leonard for Kyrie Irving things going. But I think Kyrie's going to be here long term. Yeah, I think it was just sometimes, sometimes you're at home and you say something silly, and then your significant other gets upset at you for it. And then you kind of have a verbal spat back and forth and maybe it gets a little more heated than it should be. But ultimately, you figure it out, mm. I think. So I have an interesting theory on this. First off, I don't think Kyrie is about the bottom line. Let's just remember that he requested a trade when he was about two years off from getting the Supermax contract or yeah. being potentially able to get the Supermax. So I don't know if he's about the bottom line. Um, that being said... My theory is that the whole Kyrie stuff, wanting to go to New York and everything, that did not come from Kyrie's camp. I personally think, and this is just my theory, I don't have anything to concretely back this up or multiple sources or whatever, but my personal working theory is that that was leaked from the Celtics side. And here's the reason. 
Uh, if you leak that and you're the Celtics and then you end up trading him to San Antonio for, for Kawhi Leonard or you end up trying to sign LeBron James again, you know, at the, at the time that it's leaked, who, you know, who knows what they thought? Uh, because remember, it was a couple weeks ago and before really all this stuff started going down. But if you're the Celtics and you leak that, well, hey, I mean, at least you had a reason to trade Kyrie Irving because you were worried about him going to the Knicks, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Now, at least it looks like that. Now, Kyrie can sit there and he can say, you know, uh, you know, I, well, that didn't come from me. And the Celtics can sit there and say, well, why the hell would we say it? We would have no reason to want you to go to New York. Yeah. And so, therefore, it kind of it kind of goes off in the middle. And it's like, well, maybe, you know, maybe it was just some random person in the NBA or maybe someone from the Knicks. And maybe you have someone trying to do that. Honestly, that's my my that's my honest, truly opinion is that, you know, that the Celtics ended up releasing that. And it's because they are worried about a potential just potential trade. And uh, I had talked to Jimmy about this uh, a couple of weeks ago, but just I had heard that, you know, that they were just not trying to trade him. But just, you know, he was out there, you know, just Failures. just in case. Yeah, just, you know, yeah. again, I think and I think that Danny does that with, you know, every player. I don't yeah. think that that's anything special you know that's nothing to worry about i just think that that's kind of you know something that danny does and i think that's kind of what you ended up seeing now in my personal opinion i think and i i don't think the team is as worried about him resigning here as the fans are i think that ultimately he probably wants to be here he likes brad it seems that he got along i understand the game seven controversy and you know there's a lot of misconception when it comes to where he actually was that night but the fact is that I think he likes these kids. I think he likes this team. I think that he knows that this is his team, regardless of you know how well Jason Tatum is doing when he's on the court. It's his team, yeah. and I think that he'll really take control of that next year, and you'll really see that Kyrie, my team, demeanor next year, and we'll see where that leads because I think that they have a real good chance to go super far if he stays in Boston. Well, so thing, that's that's kind of my thing. The thing too is that this is the one of the places where Kyrie can essentially play seventy games. You know, when you have a Terry Rozier, when you have a Marcus Smart, when you got these kids that you got to get minutes to, this is a place where you can almost book an Eastern Conference Finals trip while not taxing yourself in the regular season to get there. You're not fighting for the eighth seed. I mean, you, you, you with Jalen Brown, with with um, with Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, both Gordon Hayward and Kyrie have the ability to essentially take their time to get that rust off in the in the regular season. You can get up for the national TV games. You can get up for the big games against the big-time markets, and then they can be fresh going into the playoffs. So I, I don't see another place where Kyrie can do that. I mean, if you send him to the Western Conference, to San Antonio, he's going through the grind just to make it to the playoffs because I don't see I don't see much more sus, you know sustained success over there in San Antonio. Well, I mean, I— I agree and I don't agree. It depends on where he goes. Like, for instance, let's say the Celtics, and this is not happening, but let's say the Celtics traded him to New Orleans for DeMarcus Cousins in a, re- in a sign-and-trade, right? Yeah. So the Celtics ended up getting DeMarcus Cousins, and New Orleans got Kyrie Irving. Well, I think New Orleans could probably make the playoffs without him and, you know, just end up starting Jerry Holiday at the point and be perfectly fine, you know, down the stretch. Because Holiday is a really good, you know, one of the most underrated players probably in the league. Mm. So I think there's some places that you could definitely get away with, you know, not having Kyrie for, you know, 15, 20 games here or there. And I, I also think that no matter what happens next year, stays, traded, whatever, I think that you'll end up seeing, and most likely stays, 
I think most most likely, let's say he does, I think you'll most likely see Brad end up resting him. Kind of like how they managed, you know, the, the Spurs managed their guys down yeah. the line a couple years ago. It wouldn't surprise me if you see Kyrie Irving get a night off against, you know, the Knicks or the Grizzlies or whatever every couple of games. Second they, night of a back-to-back, yeah, you know, and, avoid the and, travel. And just and, and they manage him and Hayward because guess what? They know that these kids now can win these games. Yeah. They don't they don't need those guys every night. And I just think that you're gonna you'll end up seeing a lot of management of their minutes and that's good for a team with depth. I think that and and this Celtics team, assuming they keep Marcus Smart, and again we're assuming a lot of things here, but you know, they have a lot of depth. They can bring back a lot of talented guys. And I think that you're gonna end up seeing a good management of minutes from Brad and, and kind of what they have going forward. It's also worth mentioning here that you're Brad Stevens and look at all the point guards that he has converted into important either star players or role players. Shane Larkin. What was Shane Larkin before he got here? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He was Euro trash. So Shane Larkin, uh, Jamal Crawford, Jordan, Jordan, you do that on your own time. <laughs> <laughs> they got a first round pick for that guy, right? Yep. Whatever. Good, Jason Crawford. I don't care. Or Joey Crawford. Joey Crawford? Yeah, that's the ref. Joey yeah, Crawford. Okay. <laughs> um, look at what he did for Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. He made Isaiah Thomas a top five MVP candidate, right? He finished top five in the voting. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So, like, Brad Stevens can figure out the point guard situation. Um, you know, I want Kyrie Irving, but they, they can figure it out. Terry Rozier was the 16th pick in the country, right? 16th? 12th? 16th? He was a teen pick, and that's usually an NBA role player. He was starting and playing important minutes for you in playoff games. You had That's a credit to, to the coach. That's a credit to Brad Stevens. You had fans calling saying, we don't need Kyrie Irving. We have Terry Rozier. Yeah, let's, let's <laughs> well, all... they're stupid. <laughs> they, are, they are. No, no, you're right. I wasn't yelling at you, Dan. No, that's fine. No, you're right. They are stupid. And let's also not forget Evan Turner and what Brad did for Evan Turner when he played the point here. And Evan Turner ended up going to Portland and got that massive contract. And what has he been since? How, Nothing. How, how how much does Evan Turner wire Brad every month for his contributions to that? Oh, contract? He's, he's got he gives him he gives him a Qdoba fee at least at <laughs> least at least three free sandwiches a month, like something like that. There's got to be some sort of agreement there because Evan Turner is living the high life thanks to Brad Stevens. It's it's ridiculous. I think Evan, how much that guy got paid. I think he's averaging under nine points a game in 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 uh, Portland. I mean. I don't. I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I, I can pull it up here, but I mean, the reality is that Turner sucked. Yeah. I mean, he just. Yeah, I mean, he averaged eight point last year. He averaged eight points per game in twenty almost twenty six minutes. You know, he averaged two point two assists. You know, shot a whole four forty. You know, forty four percent from the field. It's not bad, but yeah, actually, it's probably one of his best. But still, I mean, you're talking about a guy who you know here was just. He was dynamite. Yeah. And Steve and the thing is like, yes, Stevens doesn't make players shoot better. They that that is a true fact. Like players don't shoot better just because they play for Brad Stevens. But what he does is he gives them confidence. And he puts them he, in the right position. Exactly. He puts them in the right position. He gives them confidence and they end up playing better. And that's, I mean, that's, that's the way it is for every good coach in every sport you've ever played for is you feel more confident when you have a good set position and you feel like your coach is putting you in the best position to succeed. And that's exactly what, you know, Isaiah, you know, what happened with Isaiah and why, you know, we had all the, the, the craziness of Isaiah. I mean, there are still fans who fight me to this day that Isaiah is a better player than Kyrie Irving. Uh. It's just, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, 
it's just stupidity. Like I just like you 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 watch it. I know and I know Isaiah was hurt this year, but just watch him even play. Like yeah. forget about like where he's hurt or like how he's playing. Just watch his positioning on the court when he's not under a good coach. Yeah. It's just it's gross. So I mean, it's 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 more it's more than just you know that. And I think I, I do think that Kyrie knowing that Brad puts him in the best position to succeed and run the offense and have, you know, kind of carte blanche to do everything. I think that Kyrie will ultimately stay here if he isn't ultimately traded. Now, talking about best position to succeed, um, can we can we compare the Kawhi Greg Pop, Popovich situation to, you know, the Brady Belichick situation as far as just maybe two guys just not getting along anymore? Or is it just Kawhi wants to be in L.A.? Uh, where they don't get along with, yes, but Brady at least shows up and plays games. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard had an injury, got cleared in December, and just quit on his team. Mm. Like, it, Brady shows up. Kawhi is like, mm, I don't know. I don't want to play. My quad hurts. Mm. <laughs> I, I want a max contract. Pay me now. We can't pay you. I don't care. I want to sit out. I don't like you, Pop, anymore. Like, whiny just whiny 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 but like if you're telling me i get Kawhi leonard from nba 2k no attitude issues i'm in (laughs) give me that guy he's a 96 now you had you had mentioned that flipping Kyrie for Kawhi was essentially a win given that Kawhi is a top five player uh you can you can live without a a top three point guard because you can. This is all assuming, by the way, that Kawhi Leonard is engaged. He's get along, getting along with the coach, and he understands like what it's like to be used properly. If 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 Kawhi Leonard isn't a hundred percent all in, I don't want him. I'll take Kyrie. Mm. But I go back to Game Seven, Celtics Cavaliers. If you have Kawhi Leonard fully engaged, engaged. You don't choke away that game. You don't lose that game because you have somebody who can play 48 with LeBron and give a good defensive effort on LeBron James. And you win that game and you're in the NBA Finals. See, I'm in the camp of I I want to trade for Kawhi, but not at Kyrie's expense. Because to me, I think if you if you start if you have a team that has Kawhi, Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford. You have Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and the me, the three of us could suit up and we could fill out that rotation. Right. Um, you, you can compete with Golden State. But here's the problem, Elliot, is that what in that scenario, what are you trading for Kawhi Leonard? Because the realistic you know, fact is that I didn't think Kawhi was going to end up having as much value, and I don't think the Spurs thought that Kawhi would, would have as much value as it appears he's going to have, which is surprising to a lot of us because – He's an expiring contract coming off a major injury. You know, I mean, from my understanding of the situation is, you know, he just really wanted the Supermax contract and yeah. played his hand just totally poorly. Um, and, you know, it's just – so, well, I mean, what are you trading for him? Because the Spurs aren't going to – I mean, the Spurs probably aren't going to take Terry Rozier in the Sacramento pick. I mean, you're realistically, you're going to have to end up trading more than that at this point. For Kawhi Leonard, I mean, maybe, you know, if you had told me that a couple months ago, I probably would have been like, well, I think it's possible if you include a bit more and, you know, some other picks and whatever. I think it's possible. At this point, I don't think that's possible. So 
you know, I, I think that if you're really looking to make a trade for Kawhi Leonard and you want Kawhi Leonard, well, then you're trading Jalen Brown, and along with Jalen Brown, you're going to have to fill in that those you know that salary, and in that salary, you're going to end up having to either trade away Marcus Morris, and you know trade away you know you probably have to re-sign Marcus Smart and to get him to you know agree to go there in a trade and. You know, probably have to trade, you know, Terry Rozier or Semi Ojale and along with another pick. I mean, you're talking about a lot of tough financial finagling from the Celtics point of view, which has kind of been the issue all along. And, you know, that whole re-signing Marcus Smart thing is even if you re-sign him in a twelve million dollar deal, because of the new CBA, I think his cap it's only worth like fifty or fifty-five percent of what the actual cap is. So, you know, he's only at like five or six million on that, you know, on that trade, assuming that you're probably not signing him for like more than twelve million. So it gets to the point where you're really giving up a lot to move for a guy who could essentially be there for one year. And then you're really holding in the balance, you know, can I sign Kyrie Irving and Kawhi Leonard? Am I signing one? Am I signing zero? Where am I at? So that's why the realistic trade, unfortunately, in this scenario is Kyrie Irving and probably a bit more for Kawhi. So Zach Lowe just put out a piece, um, you know, describing or comparing Kawhi Leonard and Jalen Brown, essentially saying, uh, do you trade Jalen Brown? Hold on, not so fast. And, you know, according to Zach Lowe, he writes, July brings the possibility of signing and trading Marcus Smart and acquiring Leonard without losing Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. Then he goes, Tatum is untouchable regardless, which I think we all know. That may end up being Boston's approach. Attached a mother load of picks that include Sacramento's pick next season, providing it does not land number one, along with future picks from Memphis and the Clippers to a package of Smart, Rozier, Yabuselli for a salary, and Morris, then dare the Spurs to do better. The salary cap math on, on that barely works and requires Leonard to waive some or all of his trade kicker. Smart would have to cooperate um, along several steps. That's what Zach Lowe says. Right. And again, that's, I mean, <clears throat> so yes, theoretically that works realistically. I mean, if, if you're Danny Ainge, that's what I'm doing. That, I mean, that's, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm saying, okay, well, you need to go RC Buford. Here's what I can do for you. I'm not giving you Jalen Brown because he has five more years on his contract, essentially. Um, and I probably only have Kawhi Leonard for one year depending on where he wants to go. I'm not giving you Kyrie Irving because I think that, you know, there's no reason for me to trade Kyrie over to you because then I end up having to start either Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum or someone at point guard that really shouldn't be starting, or I'm having one of those players on the bench and they shouldn't be doing that either unless I'm getting Kawhi Leonard. So what am I really doing? Yeah, here's what I'll do. I'll give you Rozier and Smart and a sign and trade and all that crap. And again, Low is right and wrong that it, it's close. It depends on what the contract is that Marcus Smart signs. Also, don't forget that, you know, not to bring light to the situation, but Marcus Smart's mother is also uh, going through cancer at the moment, right. and she's in Texas. Right. So would that entice Marcus to accept the sign and trade there? Because you, you also have to – Marcus Smart can say, no, I'm not going to San Antonio. So I mean, maybe Jimmy has something. I don't have anything that would – that. You know, or or I haven't asked about that because I, at this point, I kind of just feel that like either you're trading Kyrie Irving in a deal for Kawhi Leonard or you're not. Mm. I mean, pretty much I was told in a nice way uh, that we're not trading Jalen Brown, mm. and that's from or the the Celtics weren't trading Jalen Brown. That's from the that's from the Spurs side. 
not from the Celtics side. So, I mean, if you're the Spurs side and you're and and you're basically saying, well, we wanted Jalen Brown, we wanted Jason Tatum, and they told us, you know, go bleep ourselves, then at this point, I tend to believe them on that side. I just, I just, I, I look. It's a, it's a creative offer from low. It's a creative way to think about things. Um, it's something I certainly hadn't considered honestly before reading the article. I also don't think it's going to be possible, and I think that they'll end up being better offers. Maybe Jimmy can shed more light on that. I mean, I don't, I don't have an idea on kind of where Smart stands on that. I don't know. So there's a window here if the Celtics want to get Kyrie Irving, um, not Ka- Kawhi Leonard. Um, where they only have to ship out $13.1 million in salary. Um, I think it's before the new league year starts. All that stuff, you know, this is our time. So I could go into it, but I'm not going to bore everybody out there with it. But if they just got back Kawhi Leonard, they could they could get to $13 million in money, whatever that is. Um, I know for a fact from the Celtics side, they are not trading Jalen Brown to the San Antonio Spurs and a Kawhi Leonard deal. I am of the belief that the only way that the Celtics would move Jalen Brown is in an Anthony Davis deal. Yeah, and, and, that, and that is still the big chip that Danny Ainge is trying to get for. And that, that's where I was going to go because, uh, you know, just, just knowing what I know in New Orleans, um, you know, next year Anthony, Anthony Davis essentially has a – Two years left, one guaranteed because the second's a player option. Um, which means he has one year left. Yeah, yeah. which means he has one year left, as so, Dan says. So using Jalen Brown as the chip would essentially give New Orleans a young player who, who they can then re-sign to the max and, and repackage as the player that they're building around. And I, I think at the end of the day, if I had to bet my life, I would bet my life that the Celtics stand pat. They make minimal moves. They they go forward to what they have because they still are looking to get Anthony Davis. Now, from the people that I know in New Orleans tell me he's not available. He won't be available. Give un- it time. Until. Give it time. Until he goes to ownership and says, I do not want to be here anymore. How about uh, August 12th when DeMarcus Cousins has a landing s- spot when Rajon Rondo does something stupid in the offseason. You know, I could think of some other things. I'd have to look at their roster to see the real problem child. But uh, one thing before we go forward on this on Marcus Smart, um, there is a theory out there that a team like the Pacers or a team like the Mavericks, um, and somebody actually backed this up, which God bless them being real journalists. I saw. Um, I just like being a gossiping radio producer. It's more fun that way because it's no responsibility. <laughs> and I thrive in those situations. Um, Marcus Smart, there's, a, there's, a, there's an idea out there that Marcus Smart is going to get the J.J. Reddick contract. And it's not going to be one year for $23 million like the 76ers gave J.J. Reddick. It's going to be one year and $18 million, or one year and $20 million, or one year and $17 million. I'm not sure that the Celtics match that offer. I don't think they should. I think for one year, I would probably do it because it still gives you flexibility. And if it means that you have to pay the repeater tax, but it's to get a championship, Mm. I think the Celtics do it. I think Wick does it. And I don't even think they bat an eye at it. Well, here's the the other thing, Elliot, is that if they don't match, what's, excuse me, let's say hypothetically that happens, right? And let's say Indiana or Dallas ends up giving him one year, twenty million, and the Celtics decline that. Well, then you can't get anyone. Yeah. You're done. I mean, you probably can't even get Anthony Davis if you really look at the salary without giving up Al Horford. You really can't get Anthony Davis. 
So the real question becomes, do you want to end up, you know, trying to, you know, try and use Marcus Smart and that type of deal? So if they gets the if he gets a one year deal, I mean, you pretty much have to say yes, you know, forget about tax because you need to be able to go out and trade smart salary in case, you know, there is a player that becomes available, a la, you know, Kawhi Leonard and you end up wanting that player, but you can't match the salary. Well, you're just in a crappy situation because you didn't want to pay the repeater tax. So essentially you're saying you match the salary to keep the player and then the the, the leverage next year becomes that you have his bird rights for a sign and trade. Right. Okay. And and of course he'll probably take, you know, and again, you can always do another one year contract with him until he finds, you know, that deal where he cashes in. And, you know, that that's kind of what I think. I mean, if I just, I, I honestly, I don't know how he feels about playing in San Antonio. I mean, my guess is if he's closer to his mom, it probably would make things easier on him. I'm, it's not going to a bad organization, you know. Going to play for Greg Popovich, you know, is, and then going up all, against all those point guards where you get to showcase your defensive abilities. Um, it, I, I wouldn't say that he's necessarily, you know, going to Orlando. No, I mean, it, it, no, but let's also remember, let's say that, you know, the Celtics want to sign him to like a three-year contract. Like we don't really know how long Pop's gonna be there. Yeah, that's like well, that's one of the wild cards in the situation. I honestly think that's one of the most under talked about things in this whole Kawhi Leonard situation is we don't really know when Pop is gonna call it quits because he always kind of used to say like, "Oh, I'm not gonna be an NBA lifer. I'm not gonna be like Jerry Sloan." And but like he's almost seventy. Like I don't know. This is pretty much close to as close to an NBA lifer, you know, as you could say like Bill Belichick is to an NFL lifer. So I mean. I just you don't know when that, when that end is coming, and I'm sure that the the Spurs are a first class organization, and they'll find a way to, you know, kind of keep everything going for the most part. But again, you just you'd really never know. So if you're Marcus Smart and you end up signing, let's say, a multi year contract, you're really putting yourself on an island there. If you know Popovich retires, I mean that's that, and that's kind of the risk of you know going there. So and. <clears throat> that's, I mean, that's kind of what I would have to say to that. That's why I do think, like, maybe that one-year Dallas poison pill offer, the J.J. Redick-type offer, makes some sense because he gets to be close to his mom and he gets to be under Rick Carlisle, who, you know, probably isn't going anywhere. And, you know, that would make some sort of sense, And at least in my mind. I don't know how it makes sense from Dallas because I think that they need other things than Marcus Smart. They need someone who can actually score the ball. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what I, you know, what I would think in regards to that, so... So, I don't know. So, gunning your head, um, Celtics tr- uh, trade for Kawhi Leonard? Gun to my head, do the Celtics trade for Kawhi Leonard? No. no. I don't think they ultimately do. I think ultimately, and I, I you know, I've been sitting on it for a while, and I, I've released a little bit on, you know, on Twitter here and there, but ultimately I think he ends up in a place like Phoenix. Um you know, a guy like Ryan McDonough really has to make some moves and might be GMing for his job yeah. at this point. Yeah. Uh, and by that, I mean, like, you know, anyone can suck and get the number one pick. It's not that hard to do. Like, you don't need Ryan McDonough to have a team full of, you know, really bad players and, and get the number one pick. It's funny because, um, you know, Ryan McDonough gets talked about as some sort of, like, good GM. And I have been so unimpressed with Ryan McDonough. You know, Daryl Morey gets labeled as, you know, a former Celtics uh, you know, front office exec who went on to do good things in Houston. Right. You know, Ryan McDonough took over. He used to be the assistant GM here uh, under Danny Ainge. But the moves that he's made, I mean, the guy had 
uh, Goran Dragic. He comes in and then signs Isaiah Thomas as well while he has Eric <laughs> Bledsoe on the team. You know, like, you know, to, to bring in three point guards, uh, you know, he, he takes Dragon Bender and then moves up to take, you know, Marquise Chris. Now he's got the first pick in the draft. No, no sense of urgency there where, where he, they, you know, Aiton was declared a Phoenix Sun already like three weeks ago. I, I could see, yeah, if you told me that Kawhi Leonard goes for number one pick, I wouldn't be surprised. So Ryan McDonough was hired in May of 2013. Here are the Suns' win totals. 48, 39, 23, 24, 21. I will, I will translate for you that. Good, not great. Suck, suck, suck. Terribly suck. <laughs> so essentially, and got if the Suns are the team that goes and gets Kawhi Leonard... And they give up the number one pick for him. It makes sense because Ryan McDonough is now GMing for his next contract. Yep. And he won't see whoever he takes with the number one pick actually develop. So he's got to go for it with Kawhi Leonard and Devin Booker. Like, that's what he has to go for. And he's also got, got, uh, he got pants by Ainge on his record, too, which, which now you can add him to the list. Well, of and, King and you look and, at Ryan, who also was like, no, you don't want to go work out for the Celtics. You won't start games there. Jason Tatum, who, as we know, is the better player at this moment, started 80 out of a possible 80 games for him yep. for the Celtics this year. Yep. Started game one, opening night against the Cavaliers. Yep. Josh Jackson started 30 games out of 77 for the for the Phoenix Suns. So how did that work out for Josh Jackson? How how bad of a look is that for Josh Jackson and his agents to to have Boston travel to go work him out and then you know no show it while they're in the air? It's a terrible look, and that's that's a dumb agent, and that's a GM who's trying to outsmart somebody else and what happened he got pantsed yeah he got pantsed he got absolutely embarrassed by Danny Ainge on that one and I think I think they were leaning Tatum anyway Mm -hmm. um but I think they wanted to at least see Jackson yeah and who knows maybe Jackson ends up being Justice Winslow yeah and of course Danny was going to trade six first round picks for him so maybe it worked out that way yeah yeah I mean here's what I will say um in regards to the whole McDonough thing. I mean, again, as I was kind of alluding to, I'm hack. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of worried that at some point, if you're hired in 2013, it's now 2018. Your team's in a hole. <clears throat> you know, you have Devin Booker, who's a very nice asset. You have a number one pick, who's a really nice asset. But after that, I mean, and you have Josh Jackson, who was good last year, not great. You know, he I mean, couldn't break the starting lineup for the Suns. Right. I mean, again, you had, he had issues. That sucks. Yes, that does suck. And and he was good defensively, but he couldn't put the ball in the hoop. He was, yeah. he struggled offensively. You've taken on bad contracts in Brandon Knight and Tyson Chandler, Jared Dudley, Alvin Allen Williams. I mean, like you've taken on some bad contracts. You've selected Allen Bender. Was that the, the Bender, third? Co- I mean. Is he on his third coach? I think he's on his third coach. Fourth coach. Fourth, okay, fourth coach and in, in fourth, fourth coach in five years. You took Dragon Bender, not Alan Bender. Dragon Bender, who has been nothing. Mm. You took Marquise Chris, who looks like a nice role player, yeah. but he's a role player. Yeah. At some point, I mean, you really got to start jamming for your job. 
I think you know when you're management and you you have the number one pick and you you're you're sitting there and saying, well, DeAndre Ayton's really nice, but at some point we have to win some fucking games, and you know we need and and Ryan McDonough's sitting there like, well, if we don't win this year, I'm out of a job. So I mean, everyone says, well, why why would they make that trade? Why would they make that trade? Why well, wouldn't they make that? trade? Well, because I mean, they they would make that trade because Ryan McDonough needs wants to keep his job, yeah. and that's one way to do it. Yeah. Because if you if you start can start selling season tickets, if, you start getting some hype around Leonard and Booker, right? And and, and and someone who you know is someone who I don't know very well, but someone who kind of told me off the cusp said that Ryan McDonough has been in San Antonio over ten times, or like a like a good. I shouldn't say over. I don't think the exact number, but it's a ve- it's a large amount of times yeah. in like the past couple of weeks. There's there's no reason to be there if you're not trying to convince Kawhi Leonard to sign with you long term. Yeah. And I know that the whole media spin is that oh well the Spurs don't want to trade him and all this stuff. Let me explain to, like people how this works. We are like five weeks behind the news gap. Yeah. Okay, so when we hear things. That stuff has happened like five weeks ago. Yeah. So maybe there'll be things that we hear like, you know, you know, Pop went down and visited Kawhi Leonard. Sure, that probably happened that day. Now, is that to get his affairs in order and, you know, make sure there's one last attempt that, you know, he doesn't want to stay here, et cetera, et cetera, who knows? But, like, this stuff happens so far in advance, and we just don't hear about it because there's no reason for us to. That's, like, kind of how these things work. And so that's why I had, like, the Kawhi Leonard story in January 25th. I think that was the date, like, I released that publicly. It's like the Kawhi Leonard stuff was going down, I think, January 25th. was like, oh, you might get traded or whatever. And I talked about it with, like, you know, a couple guys at the station, like Jimmy and B-Rob and, like, a couple of guys who were just, like, kind of shooting the shit. And I, you know, basically, like, guys, like, I think this is, like, this is, I don't think Kawhi Leonard's going to be a spur. And I think that was in, like, December. And I think we had some legitimate conversations about that. And... Whatever. It just like, and again, it didn't get reported until like four months later. And you have like Danny Green coming out and saying all these things. And like, people are like, oh, he's going to stay. Like, Danny Green says he's going to stay. And like, oh, he's trying to work things out with Pop. And like, the whole time, like, it doesn't matter like what they're saying. That's just like, that's, that's how organizations work. That's how players work. Like, all this stuff works. And so, like, I just, it's, it's one of those things. Like, I just, if you're Ryan McDonough, you've now, there's people I know who I trust who are now saying, or, you know, at least a few people I trust are saying, like, oh, Ryan McDonough's, like, you know, been to, you know, San Antonio, like, a multitude of times. And, you know, you see the odds going off the boards at, like, seven different books and dropping from, like, plus 1,700 to plus, like, minus 140. Like, I know that the props are, like, $100 or, like, $50 bets. And so, like, you know, that's not, like, a huge amount of money that's coming in. So maybe it's not an alert. But when it starts happening across, like, multiple books and it's it's, it's higher patterns, it's rebetting patterns, which I know a lot of people don't understand on this podcast. But, like, basically it's, like... If the odds are one thing and then they, someone bets it and they move to another odd, you can rebet it again, but it, you can't rebet it until the odds move. So basically you can rebet it every single time the odds move. Like, so you're betting a lot of money. Basically you're adding up like a couple thousand dollars here, a couple thousand dollars there, yeah. a couple thousand dollars. You know, eventually, you know, when you're all pounding it on one team, like that's, that's significant. And especially when it happens with like a 20, 25 minute win, you know, window across like four different sites, that's something there. You know, I've also heard from my source who was kind of on this whole Kawhi Leonard thing that, like, he was going to get traded, like, and he kept telling me, like, dude, Phoenix. Like, I'm telling you, watch out for Phoenix. And, like, I, I told Jimmy this way before I talked about it in the public. I told B-Rob this way before I talked about it in the public. Like, you know, like, 
Phoenix. Like this is this is happening, and like I, I'm telling you, I really think that that ends up happening. Now, I also want to say like it doesn't mean it's going to happen tonight or tomorrow night. No, like the Suns can draft like a player, and and they can trade DeAndre Ayton like three weeks down the road. Yeah, which so, which I think if, well, if as long as he doesn't sign his contract, right. yeah. they can trade him whenever they trade his draft rights. Um, but as soon as he signs his contract. I think it's 30 days for draft picks and it's 60 for free agents, but that's when we get into like September when the league year hits because I think the first time you can trade any recently signed to a new contract player is December 15th or 14th, something like that. But I think also if you ask Do that on your own time, Jimmy. <laughs> if, if you ask me, um, if Leonard gets traded and if it is to Phoenix... I would think that... That sucks. Do you know how much that sucks for us? I mean, it's great for the Celtics because they don't have to worry about them, but like as a talk show producer, like that blows. Like get Kawhi, Paul George, and LeBron to the Lakers. Then let us sink our teeth into something. Now you've got a super team. Phoenix, blah. (laughs) Paul George stays in Oklahoma City, blah. (laughs) Like your, your scenario, Elliot, was great. Trade Westbrook and Paul George to the Lakers. Lakers sign LeBron, and then it's to the races with the Warriors and yep. the Celtics. That's the good stuff. Phoenix, gross. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Terrible. Now the the thing too is that you know uh, Adam Silver was not happy when um, when uh, Andrew Wiggins was traded. You know after he was drafted by Cleveland, after they introduced him to the media, and then he gets traded to Minnesota for Kevin Love. So do you think we would see if a trade is going to go down, it would go down draft night where, yeah, Phoenix you know, drafts whoever San Antonio wants, but then it's in agreement? So this is one of the dumbest things that the NBA does, and they do a lot of things right. But why are we going up there and putting the wrong hat on a player who knows Hate he's it. going to a different team? Like, I don't get it. No. You know, the year that um, Troy Bell was drafted by the Celtics, he goes up there with the Celtics hat on, but he knows he's being traded somewhere else. Like, it's cool for him. He's a Boston College kid, but, like, it just makes the NBA look stupid. Like, just acknowledge that this trade is happening. Put him up there with his card. Oh, yeah, I'm not doing that. I've done my stuff. Hey, breaking news. The Celtics aren't picking 27. (laughs) Sorry. Um, it's, It's a... It's a um, what's the what's the screaming out loud thing? Medical condition. That's oh, what Tourette's. I have. Tourette's. I have Tourette's. Um, just in certain instances. Very, very knowledgeable about it too. I know. I'm very aware of all of my mental deficiencies. <laughs> just, just the NBA needs to acknowledge that this player is being drafted for this team, so that you know he can wear the Spurs cap. If he's drafted number one instead of the Phoenix Suns cap, we can get all the right baseball cards. We can get all the right. Marks in two in NBA 2K and it just it streamlines it. But the NBA has all these stupid rules about their salary cap, and if you do a sign and trade, it's a hard cap, and you have to make eighty percent. And just enough with it. Just fix it. Yeah, just let people tweet out when they know the picks and the trades, and let's just let's be real with each other. So speaking of draft day trades, um, does Luca make it past three to Atlanta? And if he does make it past there. Who trades up to get him? Because people are calling Luca the best prospect since LeBron James. Yeah, Luca Doncic. Yeah, I mean, I, I in mean, case anybody doesn't know. Yeah, I mean that's 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 ridiculous. He's not the best prospect since LeBron James. Uh, there's a lot of prospects who have been better than him. I mean, a lot of prospects who yeah. have been better than him. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, I think I think. 
the person that, that I heard say that said they corrected themselves. They said the best prospect since Anthony Davis. Okay, still, I would say that that's still false. Um, I, I would have said Carl Anthony Towns is a better prospect coming out. I mean, there's a lot of prospects. I, I think DeAndre Ayton's still a better prospect if you want to, like, look at the actual prospects of the game and what he brings. Like, DeAndre Ayton probably doesn't fit in today's NBA as well as Luka Doncic does. But, like, in terms of, like, is, you know, who's a better prospect? Like, yeah, it's it's DeAndre Ayton. Like, that's, that's without question, at least in my opinion. So here's the thing. Uh, Kevin O'Connor just put out a tweet a couple minutes ago. And, you know, O'Connor is probably one of the most plugged-in people around the league. Which I like is, KOC. Right. And, I like and, his material. And Kevin, Kevin's a good dude, yeah. and that's why when he says something, I usually try and pay attention to it. But he says, quote, teams are exploring deals with the Hawks for the number three pick with the hope of moving up to select Luka Doncic or Mo Bamba per league sources. Hearing the interested teams are the Bulls, the Knicks, the Magic, the Clippers, and the Mavericks. The Celtics are dark horse. Yeah. And so Jimmy had that a couple days ago. Yeah. And then I think that was followed up today by what's his face? Russillo. Yeah, Ryan Russillo. Rodillo, Russillo. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Russillo, right? Who, by the way, knows this stuff too. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Russillo is pretty good. good. Yeah, I like Russillo. So, you know, and then we have that. We also have, uh, and I'm blanking on his name and I, I feel stupid, but the dude from San Antonio who covers the team there, and I blank, I'm blanking on his name. He went on the Dan Patrick show a couple days ago. Um, I'll see if I can get his. I, I'll see if I can get his name. So, one of the things I'm not the biggest Dan Patrick guy, but I will say he gets some decently good info. And he basically had the the Spurs guys on, uh, the Spurs guy on, and basically the Spurs guy basically said that like, you know, basically said like, oh, I, you know, I've I've heard this this and that and this and that and like he he basically like all the stuff that's coming out from like Woj and everything he kind of said like I don't believe any of that like I think the Spurs are farther along like in about you know I think there's a good chance that we'll see this trade happen by like draft night when everyone else is putting out the same like oh we're super far away from that crap so I think like you're gonna end up seeing a lot of a lot of movement Ellie is basically what I'm trying to say like there's gonna be a ton of of movement on draft night. I think it's probably going to be a lot more than we're used to. Um, so I, here's the thing. I have someone telling me that Luka Doncic is going to go to the Kings and it's going to screw everything up, uh-huh. which would be terrible for the draft because yeah. there would be so much less action. Yeah. It would also be the complete opposite of what everything the Sacramento Kings are doing. They would actually do. be doing something smart. Right. So everything the Sacramento <laughs> Kings are going to do would be the complete opposite, which is why I don't, believe it and don't want to believe it. Let's assume that Bagley is, let's assume the Kings take Bagley at two, which I think probably is what will most likely happen, but we'll see. Yep. Uh, Jeff McDonald. Jeff McDonald is the guy from the Spurs, by the way, um, who does a really good job in San Antonio, by the way. I think he's probably one of the most plugged in guys. But basically, um, <clears throat> basically, Don Chase is not making it past three because what what happens is Atlanta is wants Trey Turner. Okay, so that, I think that's... Trey Young. Trey Young, sorry. Yeah. She's having a terrible day with names today. <laughs> yeah. Of course, Turner's a shortstop for the Washington Nationals. <laughs> Low ball, too. <laughs> Fuck off, dude. <laughs> Was he on your this is not Belgar Mass. <laughs> um, right, so, okay, so Trey Young. Of course, Trey Turner, former number one overall draft pick of the Washington Nationals. Uh-huh. He's a triples machine. He runs a lot. He's very fast. Made to the majors really quickly. Low ball two. Okay, as I said, Jimmy, as you say, do that on your own time, okay? Uh, <laughs> okay, so Trey, so Atlanta wants Trey Young. 
And basically, they've had discussions about moving down from three into like that top six range because I don't think any other team really wants Trey Young as no. much as Atlanta. Why does. would you? Well, no. Which makes sense because I don't think a lot of people do want Trey Young. So I think there's a good chance you'll end up seeing Atlanta move down, but stay in a range. So if the Celtics want to get up to three to take Doncic, assuming that the Kings take Bagley, you're gonna have to find another team who's willing to drop out of that top five. Now. I kind of theorize, and I have no sources or nothing on this. This is just a wild Dan Lifshatz theory. Like, there, if there's a dumb enough team to make this trade, it's the Sacramento Kings. And they just won't take badly, and they'll just take their first-round pick next year. They'll take Terry Rozier and whatever else you need to kind of throw in there to make that deal happen, future first-round picks. I don't exactly have an idea, but, like, whatever you need to do. Like, if there's a team dumb enough to make that trade, it is absolutely Sacramento because yeah. they're such a terribly run organization in every facet of the word. So, I mean, that's that's kind of what I think. I do think the Celtics have a legitimate chance of trading out for Luka Doncic, and I did kind of put some water on that yesterday just because I think that we just need to settle down with getting too hyped up about it. Um, I do think that there's also a chance that maybe the Celtics have some interest in Marvin Bagley that hasn't really been reported yet. And so maybe if you, you're Maybe if you're Danny and you really like those two guys, you're maybe you're, oh, well, if we don't get Doncic, maybe we get Bagley. If we don't get Bagley, we get Doncic. And maybe that's kind of the way that, you know, we, we kind of go. It's, it's either Doncic or Bagley. You know, if, if, again, assuming that you can make, make that move up. So, you know, if the Kings do take Doncic, maybe it's a little bit easier for Boston to get up because I think Bagley probably ends up falling a little bit because then you have, you know, you, you have Trey Young at three and, you know, probably Mobamba at four, maybe Memphis moves out of there or whatever. So, I mean, you, you probably have some sort of drop for Bagley from there. So, I don't know anything about this Doncic kid other than the highlights and what people have told me. Um, I talked to a Western-based talent evaluator. I think that's a safe way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Who told me that this kid should be the number one overall pick. He, If he were the Celtics, he would trade out his entire... Uh, cupboard of assets. He described him to me as Ben Simmons, except he can shoot and he's an emotional player and he's got all these positives. That's the move that he would make if he were the Celtics. Kevin O'Connor, by the way, last year pegged Jason Tatum as the best player in the draft and he's doing the same with Luka Doncic this year. Kevin's good. Kevin is one of the best and when he says something, yeah. we all take notice because he's he's sneaky connected here. Um, I floated this idea past this Western Conference, Western-based talent evaluator. Orlando is a dumb team. Mm-hmm. Terry Rozier and something else gets the Celtics to six. Then the Celtics move up to two or to three, and they get Doncic. It would essentially empty out everything that they have but to two teams. This person said, well, that might work because Orlando is stupid. And if you give the Kings back their pick or if you give Atlanta the Kings pick, they might go for it because... Sacramento's stupid, but you have to get them to answer the phone for you. Nope. And Atlanta is looking for Trey Turner Young. So <laughs> so be on the lookout for any potential Doncic deals. I mean, I think we can kind of anticipate a Marcus Morris trade, uh, given Gordon Hayward coming back, given the emphasis that you're going to put on minutes to uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Uh, me personally, if the Celtics stand pat and keep Smart and Rozier as insurance for uh, Kyrie Irving, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I don't see, and like you guys have said, reported, stated, you know, gossip, whatever, that J- Jalen Brown is not moving. Gossip. We're gossipers. Gossipers. Uh, Jalen Brown is not moving. Um, 
So as far as legalities, there's a reason I'm not verified and I don't want to be. (laughs) (laughs) There's a reason why I am and continue to call myself a radio producer hack who just gossips. (laughs) Most of NBA Twitter wants my blue check mark revoked for some of my opinions and ideas. So I know I'm doing something right. Yeah. Hey, your NBA Twitter is one of the best follows on Twitter, man. So keep doing it. You're 100% right about that. That's the <laughs> best point you've made all night, Elliot. So I want to run through a few names and we'll end the podcast on this note um, about some of the bigger free agents that are that are set to sign either with the same team or other teams. Um, we were we were printing Paul George uh, jerseys uh, to the Lakers. And now, just as of today, they're talking about potentially uh, a one-in-one, uh, a one-year deal with an option. Uh, to stay in Oklahoma, I mean, where the hell is that coming from? It's supposedly that that the, the family and him conflict on on where he wants to play. I mean, I, I'm personally a Russell Westbrook guy. I love Russell Westbrook, um, and from from people that that say things, they say that Paul George is a really big Russell Westbrook guy. Could you see? I know Jimmy said today that that if. Paul George isn't on the Lakers because LeBron doesn't want him on the Lakers. Um, so where's Paul George going? I think that's possible. I think it, I think it's possible that he does that they that um, that Paul George or that LeBron doesn't want Paul George. I mean, LeBron had the had the opportunity to get Paul George last year and pretty much turned it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Is that for, true? I mean, there's been rumors that 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 it's well. True the whole thing with Kyrie supposedly was that. Uh, the Cleveland was getting Eric Bledsoe and Paul George and some sort of crazy yeah, 3-14 so, so, trade. So th- that got leaked. Kyrie got pissed. Then he demanded his trade, which is why when he demanded his trade in August, there were so many limited options, which Cleveland then became enamored with the Nets pick. Boston won the superstar. That's how, you know, that came to fruition. Okay, so I've heard that that's just not true. Yes. That, that's just not true at Speak. all. And that uh, the Kyrie, Kyrie Irving requested the trade way before the, any of that happened. And okay. that... The, They're the, trying to spin it, saying that it was because of the Bledsoe leak or something, right? Or? And but that's but that's pretty much not what I've heard at all. Okay. Um, I, yeah, that, don't that, compromise yourself. That's so that what I, what I've heard is that's not true. Okay. okay, so I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much about like about that. Uh, I do think that it's possible that Paul George could have ended up getting traded there for Kevin Love. Mm. I think that's a distinct possibility, and that you know Indiana probably would have thought about making that trade had Cleveland thrown in like maybe like a CD Osmond or something like along those lines. Um, but obviously that didn't happen. And I think there's a possibility that LeBron shut that down. So to me, in my personal opinion, I do think that, you know, I, I do think that there's a possibility that LeBron and Paul George could go to LA together. I just don't think that Paul George and LeBron like each other that much. And I think that maybe it's just, they're just, they don't see eye to eye. And like, they've been around each other enough to, you know, like when you got like get along with them or whatever. And like, I just don't think that like they get along. It's, I just don't think that it is. So Paul George staying in Oklahoma city wouldn't shock me. I would just be surprised. And I know Jimmy is under the belief that he'll probably stay in Oklahoma city. I'm still under the belief that he'll probably end up going to LA eventually. It, it, for for whatever reason, it just it it there's there's something there. I don't know what it is, 
but something is going on with that situation and maybe it wasn't maybe you know maybe Paul didn't expect him to to go to, to LA. I mean maybe it's as simple as that. And maybe if the Paul George thought he was going to be the next great Laker and not LeBron and now he's pissed and there's hard feelings and yada yada yada. So I don't know and I that's just me speaking off the cuff. Um but I mean basically you're you're kind of along the lines of, you know, what really happens if LeBron goes to LA? And I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if, like, I know, I know you believe that, like, you know, there's a chance that Cousins still go out, goes back to New Orleans. But like, I think, like, hey, maybe if like he doesn't go to New Orleans, like maybe he goes to LA. He's a fallback <laughs> option for the Lakers. From 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 what I've heard, right. um, New Orleans wants nothing to do with a huge deal for Boogie, but they do want to bring him back because Anthony Davis does like Boogie Cousins. Uh, they they are good friends. He he believes that that Boogie's a good fit in New Orleans, not because of a stylistic play, but the one thing that people are underrating is that Anthony Davis is not a tough guy, which is the reason why he doesn't want to play the five. He does not like banging down low. He's always wanted a five next to him, which is why they've always signed fives. They've always had the Omar Ashiks or Alexia Jinsa. They've always had those guys, and it's no surprise that they went and got Boogie Cousins because Anthony Davis, for as skilled as he is and for as great as he is on the court, he's not a KG. He's not a guy that's fiery. He's not a guy that's going to get in your face. He's kind of a pussy. He's kind of a pussy. So, um, he likes Boogie Cousins for more reasons than just his fit on the court because Boogie is a guy that barks. Boogie is a guy that complains, and Boogie is a guy that's vocal. Boogie will get a tech. Those are things that Anthony Davis does not do. So if you see Boogie Cousins going back to New Orleans on a two-year deal, second year as an option, big money so that Boogie gets paid in year one and gets to retest free agency in, in, in the year after, that wouldn't surprise me. I can get Aaron Baines for $6 million. Yeah. I, I think if if we're projecting out, I think that LeBron wants to play with Chris Paul and then fill in the blank anywhere else, mm-hmm. like Carmelo Anthony, which is disgusting for so many reasons, but that's the banana boat crew, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. he is the new J.R. Smith. Um, but if, if you're asking me what team to put together, I want Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James. But a more realistic option might be LeBron, Boogie Cousins, and Chris Paul. Or I remember LeBron wanted DeAndre Jordan uh, during the holidays, during Christmas time. So it's, I mean, it behooves LeBron to have a paint presence and shooters around him. So that's where it makes the most sense. And don't don't be surprised if you see a a buyout coming for Carmelo regardless if Paul George stays in Oklahoma. Right, I don't that that seems don't, obvious. Don't like, yeah. yeah, he's the new J.R. Smith. He's still, gonna, or Dwayne Wade got a buyout from the Bulls. Yeah, like just he'll still get his money, and, and he'll you know take whatever he needs to take in L.A. You know, we all know that you know Carmelo would go to the Lakers. He's an L.A. guy. He's a New York guy, but he you know they all spend their time in L.A. And he will eventually be on the same team as LeBron. He, he, been in LeBron's shadow since that draft. So, anything surprising you guys see coming up? Um, I mean, really the whoops the uh, the surprising stuff. I mean, I think is for the most part come out. You know, the Kawhi stuff. Finally, people are seeing the light on that. Um, took a long time for people to understand that that was going to happen. Uh, I think that you're going to see Kemba Walker moved. Um, I don't know if that's draft day, but I would probably assume that that happens tomorrow, kind of like the Jimmy Butler type deal. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a chance that Damian Lillard gets moved um, or C.J. McCollum. So something happens in Portland. I think that it would be stupid for them not to, but they're kind of like 
they're kind of a, they're they're frustrating there from everything I've heard to deal with. So maybe maybe not, but I wouldn't be surprised. DeRozan, <clears throat> DeMar DeRozan is yeah. a real name that continuously pops up. You know, if LeBron had gone to Houston, I thought James Harden would be a name that ends up moving. Uh, I think John Wall was a name that was considered for a little bit, but I think that Washington knows they're going to get Kevin Durant eventually, and uh, you know, a Wall, Beal, Durant, and basically you'll have Durant basically telling Wall and Beal to basically just ble- you know bleep the fuck up and you know whatever. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah. I know. I did that. I did that on purpose. <laughs> um, and so basically, yeah, exactly. And so basically, uh, you know, you're you're gonna have, you know, you're gonna need those two guys eventually. So I don't know if that's a distinct possibility, especially since Wall's contract is just so heavily brutal um, because it's just that massive deal. Yeah. It's the super max. Yeah, the super max. Yeah, the super the super max. So that and that deal is just brutal in every sense of the term. For a Celtics perspective. I think that you'll, I mean, this is not, this shouldn't be a surprise to, to Celtics fans. I think Marcus Morris gets moved. Mm. Um, whether that's during the draft, I think that's a possibility. Whether that's in a Kawhi Leonard trade, I don't think happens, but that's a possibility. Whether that's just in a, a trade in the middle of free agency or whatever, I think that's a possibility. But I think that Marcus Morris, if you're talking about a guy who ends up getting traded from the Celtics? I think he is the guy to go. I, I mean, the 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 Celtics trying to trade up for a draft pick isn't that surprising anymore. So that's been out there for a couple of days, thanks to guys like Jimmy Stewart. So and you're just so used to drafting in the top top five now. Yeah. So I mean, so <laughs> that's, be itching to get back up there. So that's so that's that's not a surprise either. Um, I think those are probably like the most. The, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns has been bandied about. Uh, Porzingis has been bandied about a lot of circles, which is actually kind of surprising because oh. he's hurt. Um, and I don't think the Knicks will ultimately do that, but he's been a name that's been bandied about a lot for whatever reason. I think you're stupid if you do that if you're in New York. Um, hey, even just last year, yeah, but well, right, but that was because of Phil and Phil was just yeah. being an ass. But even now, I mean, they're yeah. they're still talking about it. So that's that's an interesting one to me. Well, if you guys wanna wanna follow the best NBA Twitter, follow Dan Lifshatz at Dan Lifshatz. Follow Jimmy Stewart at I am Jimmy Stewart, and I am Dan's burner account. So you can follow us both. I actually believe it's I am James Stewart. I am James Stewart. My apologies. And also, I want to give just a- follow Lifshatz because he's got gambling stuff too. I don't do that. Yeah. I have wrestling takes. Pussy. <laughs> hey, you do that language on your time. <laughs> Speak, speak, speaking of wrestling, <clears throat> excuse me. Speaking of wrestling, uh, I want everybody to go on, go on iTunes or uh, go on the uh, 98.5 app and listen to Wrestling Inside the Ropes with Jimmy Stewart and my boy Sarge, the best wrestling podcast out there right now. Good thing he's your boy, he's not my boy. <laughs> my back hurts from carrying him for now. 15 episodes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but check out Wrestling Inside the Ropes with Jimmy and Sarge uh, at Dan Lifshatz on Twitter, at I am James Stewart on Twitter for Jimmy. Me, it's at Elliot from Boston. You can listen to the EFB podcast on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Thank you, and we are out. Done deal, Dan. <laughs>